All right, welcome to Against All Odds, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. Cousin Sal here with Tate Frazier, the COO of this podcast. He also works the audio. He's nice enough to do that. So what's happening, Tate? Not too much, Sal. Happy to be here at the studio. Rainy day in Hollywood, but, you know, good times ahead. The clouds are open. I don't know what's going on. It's a little scary, a little scary. We haven't had rain like this in a while, but uh, that didn't stop our gurus of gambling, my barons of betting, my wizards of wagering, the degenerate trifecta brother, Brian, Harry, and Darren, the parlay kid from getting on the phone. We got a lot to cover. We got NBA game five coming up in the series between uh, Toronto and Milwaukee. All of a sudden, that's a series. It's going to go into the weekend. NHL, Stanley Cup. We have Boston and St. Louis. I got on. I woke up to like 40 emails. I don't want to drop names, but our fantasy football league, we have a bunch of Red Sox fans. We have, uh, we have obviously Bill Simmons. People know him. Kevin Hench. They're all over the place. And then St. Louis, you have John Hamm, and they just went at each other's throats just going crazy. Boston fans are very confident in this series. They think they're going to own St. Louis. And then, then it was just pictures of, uh, of uh, what do you call it, Aaron Hernandez and, and <laughs> what's his name in front of the massage parlor. And it just, it just got ugly Kraft. after a while. But, yes, Robert Kraft. I already forgot his name. But we're going to get in that in a second. But let's talk about the degenerate trifecta went to Bethpage Black to witness the PGA Championship this past weekend. Uh, Harry flew in from Arizona. The Parlay Kid and Brother Bride, they already live in Long Island. Parlay Kid, you and I had Kepka to win this thing. Not going to yeah. gloat too much because he was the favorite, but he really dominated the course uh, Thursday and Friday, leveled off. I think he played even par uh, Saturday, made it close Sunday. But this, more than that, this was your first time at a professional tournament, right? Very first time saw at any golf tournament uh, that I've been to. And uh, like you said, it had Kepka. I think he gave the fans their money's worth by uh, kind of letting uh, DJ get back into, uh, you know, the uh, the uh, play right there. And um, a lot of fun, Sal. I don't, but here's my thing. I don't know how you could go to these things and not have money on it, though. Like, this mm. is one of those sports where... I, you know, I guess if you're just a diehard golf fan, you could go and kind of hang out, drink a lot of beer, and do your thing. But for me, uh, Brian will tell you, we probably walked over 20 miles in two days, just going up and down the course, uh, watching mm-hmm. our matchups play, and um, it was a blast, Sal. It was a blast. Good. So, uh, I'm looking forward to doing it again one day. Very soon. You know what I was going to say, Parlay Kid? I was going to say, this is like, uh, this could go either way for you. I'm like, he's going to have a good time because the the Ciccoli family, they they could hang for tournaments. I know. They can go to a wrestling tournament for 16 hours, sit there, and recognize two wrestlers. So I'm not sure if you you were going to appreciate the experience because it's not, you know, not the greatest athletes in the world. But I will say, Brother Bry, the best thing about it is, first of all, you get exercise, like the Parlay Kid pointed out. You can walk 10, 12 miles. It's nice. You you can't do that in any other sport. Um, The other thing is, and this is better than it was even 10 years ago, you bet these matchups. You bet two guys' pairings on on holes. You know, you do it and you walk around, you find them, you look on the phone like, oh, look at that, uh, uh, Spieth and Tiger are on eight. Well, we could go see Rory and, and, and Kepka on 15. I'm making it up. I don't even know. That's fun, right? Watching going hole to hole. Well, the the matchup betting is fantastic, especially yeah, especially when you're there. So what what happened on Saturday, Darren and I both had Finau against Grillo, which and we followed them pretty much from two to eighteen. And the mm. thing that was nuts with that is we Finau we had uh we had Finau to win the matchup and the thing was he was down four strokes going into I think the fourteenth hole. Uh mm. and he ended up coming back winning by a stroke. But following that to the last because it came down to the last hole, like nothing to me, that was like almost the, one of the best betting experiences I've had, especially live. Uh, yeah. But the problem was the only problem I would say with the matchups is I felt an obligation to bet like almost everything. So I probably had like <laughs> twenty different twenty different matchups going. So uh, we had a couple more people with us on Sunday. So I was like, all right, we're going to watch. You know, we're, we're going to watch Finau versus Rory, and then all of a sudden, all right, now we're going over to watch someone else, and then the next person, and then it just kept, it just kept going and going. So. It made me walk like 20 miles on Sunday, but uh, I probably had too many matchups, I would say. Maybe you're probably better off staying with like two or three throughout the day, not 30. 
It's like a world's fair. Like, all right, I have to go. I have to have the turkey leg. All right, now I'm going to go over to the fried Snickers. But you, you get a little, not as much exercise and the calories uh, counteract it. But, yes, you have to hit different spots because that's what your interest is. But, Harry, you figured out a way to have fun without uh, even betting. You would, uh, there were pictures of you laying in the rough with your shoes off. Um, I don't know. You were, you, what were you doing? You were heckling golf, Ricky Fowler. What was that about? Listen, a lot, a lot of people. Up the, I decided to camp out on 15 for a while. It's up the hill, so after the golfers hit their initial shot, still can't see the uh, hole. It's a very nice venue right there. It was great. You could see, uh, so we're up near the green. Plenty of people had their shoes off. All right, let's just make that clear first. Plus, uh, so so I wasn't the only one. But, uh, you know, you on the Saturday, I got, Saturday I got there a little late. So uh, we went back to the hotel where my boss, Ken, was, uh, you know, uh, where he was staying, and I saw and uh, talked to Patrick Harrington, and then I could have swore I saw um, I saw Hatong Lee, one of the golfers as well, rush mm-hmm. through with his mother and Brian and Parley Kid. Uh, Brian, I don't know, Parley Kid and uh, Ken weren't so sure that was him, so we went to Ken's room. I sort of pranked his room and uh, <laughs> and just and asked the front desk. I wanted to talk to my friend Hatong Lee. She's like, uh, let me find it. Yeah, okay, it's right here. Let me put you through. So we phone rings a couple times. He goes, to, he answers the phone, and I hang up. So then, I think we we find that very hilarious and funny. So the next day, I decide to I decide to bet him on a three team parlay. You know, I had Woodland over Bradley, Molinari over Zach Johnson. Those two come in. Mm-hmm. Lee, I guess, had the last laugh on me because he had an easy lead. He goes bogey, bogey, double bogey, last three holes. I lose with Had. I lo- he loses to Hadwin by one, and that would have been the only thing I hit all weekend. And still, I yeah. I got shut out. But hey, yeah, heckling what? DJ and Ricky. Uh, I was I wasn't really heckling DJ. I was rooting for him. But I guess I jinxed him too because he goes uh, on sixteen on Sunday. He goes bogey on the hole. I uh, told him to let's Tate. pump it up and let's go. And then he bogey seventeen and he gives away the turner. Tate, this is your idol, Harry. Yes. What, this, what do you make of this behavior? I, I was going to call him Hecklin Harry, but now he just turned into Prankin Harry. So, uh, I'm, I'm, Tate, what, Tate, what did you think of my outfit on Sunday? I loved it. All blue, blue. On blue. Yeah, all blue. You, uh, I think Harry, as someone who's been pranked in the middle of the night in hotels, I would think you'd have a little more uh, consideration there. But no, apparently it doesn't go both ways. All right. Anyway, uh, probably way, kid I will this. Do Sal? Yeah. Sal, the parlay kid is a machine when it comes to walking. All over the he place. loves it. He is a machine. He's a non-stop. I followed him through Disneyland. I know. He, he walks. Uh, he walks so fast, and it's just straight, uh-huh. and he doesn't stop. Like he doesn't. He doesn't look around for everybody where everyone's at. Just straight That's ahead. Good. He and Brian are just. All right, we're gonna have to. We're, we're gonna have him attempt to break the uh, casino record next year. You're out, Harry. <laughs> anyway, I know. Oh, yeah. kid. Parley kid did a lot of walking. Did a lot of talking oh. with his money. We won with Kepka. We thank you, Brooks Kepka, Harry, you could say screw off to Serge Garcia. You had him top 20. But let's move on from golf. Milwaukee, Toronto, they gave us a series. Toronto evened things up in game four, and they did so in a big way. They, I mean, Milwaukee was never in the game. It was crazy. Uh, game five, Bucks minus seven, over under 218. The series price, Bucks minus 250. I've seen Toronto as high as plus 230. And then we can get into the exact games in a second. Actually, let's start with you, Parlay Kid. I think you like the Bucks to close this, close this out, but it's not going to be easy. That's right, Sal. Uh, well, you know, so this is um, kind of interesting for me because last week, or was it even last week already, or was it two weeks ago, when I gave the Bucks to win the series in six at five to one. So that looks pretty good right now. I'm very mm-hmm. convinced that they're going to still win the series. So I'm kind of hedging a little bit right now by saying, let's take the Bucks in seven at plus 150, and we'll win some type of money here uh, because they're winning this series. Is there any doubt that they're winning this series? So 2-2, mm. uh, they're going to win both home games, worst-case scenario. But if I have the twos, let's have them win in six because that's where the big money for me is. I think uh, right now, Sal, hmm, Middleton finally had a good game the other night. They still lose. That Raptors crowd was fantastic yesterday. Bucks go going to go back home. They're going to win Game Three. We'll see how Game uh, not Game Three, of course, Game Five, five. and yep. then we'll see how Game Six Six goes. And worst case, let's say they win this in seven. So I got them right now, Sal, in Game to win in six and to win in seven. I'm winning money somehow or another. 
There you go. All right, I like that. Yeah, I don't know. I bet Middleton over two and a half threes. I, I had him over 15 points. I, I resurrected Chris with a K. And uh, but it doesn't matter. I mean, the Greek freak is uh, is he's Greek weak. This this series, at least the last yeah, couple of games, yeah. you want all three of them on the same page. You know, Middleton, Bledsoe. I think they do yep. get back to it. The Bucks. I read stat. I mean, the stats after a loss were crazy. They were like twenty-two and one. That's no good anymore. But I read today on Lock It In. I read. I gave out that after a fifteen-point loss, they're they're tremendous. They're like fourteen and one. Their margin of victory is sixteen. Brother Bry, I think you like the Bucks also, right? Oh, yeah, I love the Bucks minus seven this game. Look, these games have almost all been blowouts for these two teams, especially throughout the whole playoffs. So if you look yeah. at the margin of victory, uh, the Raptors games for all of the playoffs, the margin of victory in the games are 14 points a game. If you look at the Bucks, it's 18 points a game. So Bucks have covered the last four home games, and in three of those four, they've won by 21, 25, 22. Like the, the Raptors... They played great yesterday, but a lot of that was on their bench. Abaka, Van Fleet, who's usually terrible, and Powell. They, those guys were all like plus 30. But we know usually when you go on the road, now all of a sudden the, those bench guys stink, and now Milwaukee's bench guys are going to probably step up and have a good game. So I think seven is probably, I mean, that's the right number probably for this game, but I think it's low. I would definitely take the Bucks minus seven. I would probably even look at, again, some adjusted lines, look at them, you know, maybe minus 13 to try and get like two to one or something like that. But I think uh, Bucks win in a route in this one. Brian, I took them on lock it in minus eight and a half is plus 115. So you don't have to do much adjusting to get it in the plus. Um, for you over under buffs, 218. This is weird because I, I read a grab, read something that said that this combination is the lowest shooting percentage wise out of any 2019 postseason matchup you would think the unders were hit the overs are three in a row five of the last eight between these two but i think they adjusted i like i like game five to go under harry you're you're not taking a big swing here you like the bucks for the series bucks for the series at minus 250 you know why i'm not a big fan of laying points so i'll take milwaukee for the series Uh, this smells like a home team only series um, with Drake, with the Drake factor of all things, uh, like the last night, uh, game four was great for the Raptors as Kyle Lowry had uh, the game of his life. Toronto can't always count on that type of game from him, however. Um, I feel Eric Bledsoe has to step it up. His, he's got to step up his yeah. game, and he will in game five. Same with Brooke Lopez. I know uh, the Parlay kid is not a big fan of his when he's hanging out around the three-point line. Uh, he needs to be more physical inside and not let Toronto get easy buckets. Again, I'm not saying the Bucks win two straight. Hopefully for the parlay kid they do, but I don't feel Toronto will be able to win in Milwaukee like those guys believe. Uh, more than likely after winning a Game 7 series versus Philly, they will lose this one probably in Game 7 um, to the Bucks, and the Bucks move on to play Golden State. Yeah, but Laker fans out here are furious, but like the parlay kid, at any time, Bruce Lopez does anything. Uh, and anytime uh, Julius Randle does anything, that's that's kind of where the franchise went south. Um, I think if you like the Raptors, I think take them in seven at plus four seventy five. When they were down two to one, you could take them in seven at seven to one. So I think that's the play if you like the Raptors. But honestly, I don't. These odds, I hate this time of year because they really tighten up here. I saw plus two thirty at some places for the Raptors, and then only plus three hundred to win the title. Really, it's going to be that much different if they get the Golden State. You're, you're talking about just a, a very short underdog. No, that's not going to happen. Tate, which way do you lean in this game? I think I'm, I'm leaning Bucks too. I thought Bucks and six would be the number, and I think Toronto. I mean, they kind of answered the bell at home and uh, Game Three and Game Four, but. Uh, I like Bucks in Game Five. Obviously, I think seven's a fair line, but it'll probably be you know more more than that in the end. And then uh, I think Bucks can steal Game Six and still get it in six. But I like what Parlay Kid said: just hedge and go Game Seven for the series with the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, it seems like a home series uh, either way. Uh, Tay, what about Golden State to win the title? Their numbers jump around. We saw it at minus two hundred a few days ago. Uh, now it's up to minus two forty. It was two twenty yesterday. Oh. I think I think basically they'll be minus two ten. If they play Milwaukee and minus two sixty, if they play Toronto, are they a lock to win the title? I think they're pretty much a lock at this point. I would be very, very surprised if something drastic happened. I think the as crazy as it may sound, if Kevin Durant does come back healthy or Boogie comes back healthy and and causes some chemistry issues, maybe that's one thing to focus on. But I see Giannis getting there with the Bucks and maybe winning one game, and it's 
kind of similar to the 2012 uh, when OKC got there, and they're just kind of young, and you know they take it in five, and that's a that's a good progressive year for the Bucks. And then you know the Warriors are kind of done, and we'll see where they go from there. Parlay kid, as a Knicks fan who wants Kevin Durant on the roster next year, you got to be rooting for Golden yeah. State to win and win big without KD, right? That's the best possible scenario, Sal. The other night, right? They're standing like MVP for Curry on the line. Uh, that's mm-hmm. gotta that's gotta burn him a little bit, Durant. I think he needs to go somewhere where he can be the man, even though he's been the man at Golden State, but where he's the guy they build around. And if he can win in New York, uh, you know, they'll be getting more than MVP there for a long, long time for that guy. So uh, the best thing for him is uh, for us Knicks fans is for the Golden State to keep winning without him. Uh, but I don't know if Golden State's a lifestyle, but we might look back in a week or two, or who knows when the series is going to start, could start to, we might look back in about three weeks and said, man, we should have jumped on it when it was like minus 220 or 240, whatever it is, right? So, uh, because it seems like we're saying that every year. Like, we should, we should have jumped on that when we had the chance. And now it's minus 800 or something like that. So, it might be the best time to take them and take them now before uh, these odds even change even more so i'm with you I, I feel like this is what we do with golden state like oh what we convince ourselves that these playoffs could be interesting and then they breeze through for the most part houston was tough uh actually clippers took two games but oh yeah the western conference they, they blow that's it they, they get nine days rest that's how good they are and they're going to probably uh, bucks will play physical or toronto or whatever but i don't expect that to be a, a close contest either. Um, Brother Bry, what do you like in this series? Uh, but Brother Bry, what I was thinking is maybe, maybe, just to bring this down a little bit, and I don't mind taking them at 220, 240, but maybe to bring this down, maybe there is a little rust after nine days. They would have to go to Milwaukee if Milwaukee uh, came out of this series. If they drop game one, you're looking at minus 140, 150, right? Or is that even worth taking that chance? Yeah, no, uh, you're right. Uh, um, I probably won't wait just because I feel like they're going to pull one of those first two games out of Golden State. I, I probably, too, would look at, similar to what I did with the Portland series, I'd look at maybe the Warriors with an adjusted series line of, like, minus one and a half to get that down. You know, you'd probably get that at what, uh, that'd probably be, like, minus 110, right? Minus mm-hmm. one and a half, I think, especially that they're going on the road. But it's funny, if you, when the news broke for Durant that he was going to be out for a while, uh, Golden State at that point was what? They were like plus 120, right? And we didn't jump right. on it then. Uh, we always say this. We should jump on it. We should jump on it. So like the parlay kid says, uh, I'll probably, I should jump on this one now because uh, minus 220 is still pretty good. If you ask, the funny thing is if you ask anybody before yesterday, I know a ton of people who like the Bucks, but then after watching the Bucks last night, you're like, all right, maybe they just aren't going to have it. Yeah. Whereas you can't, tr- you can't trust guys like Bledsoe and some of their other guys. Uh, so I think we should jump on this minus two twenty. That's the thing, Bledsoe, Middleton. They could get, go cold for three games. You won't see that probably out of Curry or Clay or whoever's left on this team. Draymond Green is the tour de force, like two triple doubles in a row. It seems like he can wow. take it to the hoop any time and score. Harry, any reason to take anyone other than Golden State for the title? Yeah, look, you know what? I don't think it's a lock because you know Toronto would have home uh, court as well. But I still mm-hmm. think, like I said, Milwaukee will win. Let's not forget, the Bucks in the regular season beat Golden State in Oakland by 23, and Curry and KD played, and they didn't shoot well. Milwaukee had the best winning margin percentage in the league, and they defended their home court in the Eastern Conference the best this year with a record of 33-8. and eight. So I don't think it's going to be – I think it'll be a lot closer than people think. This could go six, seven games. All right, and I think Toronto beat – I don't even really care about regular season. The more I look at it, but Toronto oh, I didn't know, but beat them still, twice. beat Golden State with those two by 23, and they're out. Pretty impressive. I know. I hate it. I hate it all. All right, well, it's almost over. Uh, let's go to Stanley Cup. We have a uh, Western Conference representative, St. Louis, beats the Sharks, beats the refs. I can't believe the refs really, really blew it, not stepping up uh, and, and, uh, and making a bad call against a Sharks opponent. It, it seems like four days since they did that. But um, St. Louis survived. They're a good team. Somehow St. Louis was in last place on January 3rd. And one of their fans, this guy Scott Berry, Put four hundred dollars on them at two hundred and fifty to one odds. Now he's gotten uh, what is that payback, Brian? Like uh, thirty-eight million dollars? No, it's like he gets a hundred thousand dollars if that wins. He's been offered twelve thousand. He's been offered thirty thousand. He's been offered forty thousand. Um, Brian, you don't think it's a good pick 
<laughs> you don't think it's a good ticket. You think he should take some of this money, right? Yeah, I think he should. He should hedge a little bit here. I yeah. think um, because I, I, I don't know. I don't. I do not trust the West teams here. I do like the Bruins uh, minus one. What were they? Minus one fifty right now. Um, yes, you I should know, have said going, the Bruins I'm, minus one fifty. Uh, St. Louis plus one thirty to open. Yeah, so I'm going back to the well because I've taken the Bruins. I took them minus one and a half for each series the last two series. So I'm going to mm-hmm. take them. Just I haven't seen any adjusted series lines right now, but I'm going to take them just to win the series. Look, Rask has been the best player by far in these playoffs. He's only given up more than two goals twice in the last 13 games. His save percentage is 942. It's way above his regular season. He's gotten hot at the right time. Uh, I know Boston's going to be off for something like 11 days, but the Blues are going to be off for six days as well. Again, I just think the East is a far superior conference over the last couple of years. Blues have been great since January, but this is a different type of team. Playing the Bruins is so much different than playing a team like the Sharks or the teams they've been playing. I know Dallas is a more defensive team, but they were not offensive at all. So I think, you know, the Bruins' power play has been awesome. Again, the goaltending has been great. So I I think minus 150, again, it's probably a fair line, but I'm going to be slamming the Bruins. All right, and uh, when Bryce says minus one and a half, if you take Bruins, that means they win four games to two, four games to one, or or shut out. And you, at that, we, the line isn't out yet, but you probably get, I don't know, what, what would you get there? Almost two to one, you think, for that? Plus 180? Uh, Somewhere minus, like that. Minus one and a half, we'll probably get like plus 140. Plus 150. Oh, 140, okay. Yeah, Still but... could be good. I want to talk about Con Smythe for a second before we get the Parlay Kids pick. Um, this is a weird thing because uh, Tuka Rask is minus 120. He's been playing phenomenally. And uh, Jordan Bennington for St. Louis is plus 140. And then the next closest guy is like 18 or 20 to 1. I don't think we've seen this before. Parlay Kid, people get confused. Even I get confused. Con Smythe is from the beginning of the playoffs on, correct? That's correct, Sal. Unlike, I think, where the NBA, it's just the final. Right. Uh, just the final. The now, but, but with, with that final. in mind, I feel like – I feel like years ago, Jonathan Quick was the big favorite, and then you get one game where you pulled, you give up five goals, and I, uh, I feel like he blew it. I don't know. I'll have to look back. This is, this is what I mean. Yeah. I don't do any research, but I feel like that was the I, case. But that, that said, who do you like in this series? So I like I'm with Brother Bry on this. Uh, I think the Eastern Conference is just a uh, little bit more of a rough and tumble uh conference, so I think the Bruins are a little bit more battle-tested here coming out of that conference. Uh, they're playing with a ton of confidence right now. They just seem to have too much depth. Uh, no other team combines the skill and toughness of the Bruins, uh, and they just have that look and feel of a Stanley Cup champ. Uh, there's no doubt, and like Brian said, it's Duke Aras, uh, minus 120 contract. I mean, he's on pace. If you like the Bruins to win uh, at minus 150, I think he is uh, could be a very safe bet there uh, at minus 120 to win that con fight. There's been outstanding in the playoffs, uh, and Bennington. Look, he's excellent too. But Rask, again, talk about battle tested. He's he's been around here before. Uh, he's carried this team, but now the Boston offense is really picking it up. Uh, I think at minus 150. And Brian said, if you want to get that adjusted line. Uh, I mm-hmm. can see Boston winning this in uh, five or six games. So probably jump on that, really. All right, yeah, and like I said, the, the Boston fans are all all Bruins. Uh, it doesn't matter what well, kind of level hockey fan you are. They they, they love it. Uh, Bill Simmons, oh, man. the thing, Parley Golden State and the Bruins, which might not be bad. That might be a way to bring uh, both prices down. Probably but, a good Harry, you're, Harry, you're going against the grain here, right? Yeah, going against the grain. I'm, I'm riding. I have the Blues against the Sharks. I'm riding them here. It's the first time in the uh, Stanley Cup since uh, 1970. I know, Sal, you mentioned that uh, they had they were in last, like on January 2nd. I, this Blues team became the only the seventh team in the NHL expansion era to make the playoffs after having the worst record in the league after January 1st. The St. Louis team is one of the uh, the, the St. Louis team is the only one of those seven to make it to the finals, let alone win a series. I'm going to keep riding them. I know Rask uh, is going to be tough to beat, but I really do feel 11 days off, that's a long time. And it's going to factor in, I think, in the first two games. And uh, Austin's going to be able to, uh, you know, be able to uh, not get both games done, and it's going to leave the door open for uh, St. Louis. Uh, Tarasenko, who scored six straight playoff games for the Blues, veteran 
uh, David Perron and Ryan O'Reilly and uh, are, are going to be tough. And Alex Pietrangelo, who has 13 points in this postseason, which ranks third in the league during the playoffs for a defenseman. He's been great, too. And if rookie goaltender Bennington wins the Cup, he will be the first rookie goalie to win 16 games in a playoff season, beating the record of 15 by Patrick Hua and Ron Hextall. It's a pretty good company. Mm-hmm. I'm riding the Blues. They're hot. They, they, they're the ones that uh, got it done in the West. I'm taking them at plus 130. Definitely. All right, Tate, Tate. I don't even know if you have an opinion. I mean, I, I feel so bad. Your <laughs> Hurricanes went down, and uh, we talked. We're like, "Hey, do we even bother Tate? He must be so miserable." Do we check in with him? But I guess, and it's been a few days. Tate, are you okay now? Yeah, I've been crying for a couple of days, but I'm getting over it now. Uh, you know, feel bad. <laughs> yeah. for the, feel bad for the Hurricanes. Tough loss. Uh, but you know, oh. now the Islanders and the Hurricanes both can watch and see the Bruins and Bill yeah. Simmons' team go to another championship. So for that reason, I'm going to go with John Hamm and the Blues. There you go. All right. Well, Scott Barry, I would say, you know, it'd be fun for everybody if the Blues won, but I, I guess I guess you should chat. Hedge a little bit. You're going to win 100 grand. Get, Boston get a little back. Boston was too good, too, Sal. Boston was too good against Carolina. They look too good, so you don't like them. All I right. see how that works. Go the other way. <laughs> Let's take a break to talk about CBS Sports HQ. Listeners, do you miss when sports networks covered the news and highlights without the yelling and fake debates? Wait, I resemble that remark. Hey, I know I do. That's why I watch CBS Sports HQ. What is CBS Sports HQ? It's the free 24-hour sports network that's built for fans like you and me. I love that I get tons of highlights, analysis, and instant game reactions. Everything that matters about the game without diving into political and social issues like on other sports networks. And if you enjoy placing some bets or competing against your friends in a fantasy league, Their experts are always dishing out their top picks and advice to help me win. So check out CBS Sports HQ. It's always on and always free. Just download the CBS Sports app on your phone, Fire TV, Roku, or Apple TV to start watching today. Let's talk hard knocks. I love talking football. By the way, yesterday, this is courtesy of my friend Paul Kohler. Yesterday was the NFL Equinox. Now, that means that was 106 days since the Super Bowl, and it's also 106 days until uh, kickoff week one, I guess the Thursday night game. So we're getting there. I mean, by the time we do next week's podcast, we'll be under 100 days. I don't know if that means anything to anybody. But anyway, they have to decide soon um, what is going to become of uh, Hard Knocks, which team is going to be featured. Okay, now remember what Hard Knocks, the show has some restrictions. Um, They can't pick a team with a rookie head coach. They can't pick a team that's been in the playoffs the last two years. They can't pick a team that's been on the show in the last 10 years. So that takes a lot of uh, fun ones out of it. So that leaves Oakland. That leaves Washington, San Francisco, Detroit, or the Giants. The Redskins, if you want to find this and bet it, are the odds-on favorites at 5-4. Raiders 5-2, Giants 3-1, Lions 7-2, 49ers nine to one brother Bry, you're the only one who likes oh no harry's got a got a a horse in the race here but brother Bry, you your raiders you would love to have them featured or that would just uh, uh hurt your insides i think for the nfl i think it would make sense to have the raiders i think they would by far be the most entertaining team on here i mean as a raider fan do i want them on there no definitely not um it will expose what a shit show we really are but <laughs> They definitely would, like I said, they'll be the most entertaining because you'd have the the Car Gruden drama, obviously Antonio Brown, that drama. You have all the new rookies. You have the move to Vegas next year. I mean, we can find out if Mark Davis is actually alive. Uh, but I think what's going to happen, I think what's going to happen is though the NFL will probably hold a knife to them and be like, look, we I know they've been sending them off every year to, to England to play, but I think they're going to be like, look, we approved the move to Vegas. You have to do this. It just makes sense to do it. And I think it would, uh, like I said, I think everybody would be interested in watching the Raiders in this one. I, to me, the Redskins would be boring. Uh, some of these other teams would be really boring. The Raiders, Raiders make the most sense right now. Again, I don't want them to be on it, but it makes the most sense. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, just for the, the five-minute segment of following Mark Davis to his barber, just to see how this uh, this get, atrocity gets done, I think it would be worth it there. But, Paul, the only reason I don't think they would do the Raiders is they might wait till next year, and they'll probably right. fit all that criteria I went through before next year when they're, you know, they're uh, gearing up for Vegas, right? Or do you still like them this year? 
Yeah, no. Uh, well, Mark, the question is, is when they're in Vegas, will Mark Davis get his hair cut at the same place that Ken gets his hair <laughs> That's the Whoa. biggest question. That would be interesting. Right. Well, he doesn't spend that yeah, much. That was, he could never spend that much money. I don't no. think he, I don't think Mark, I don't think Davis has that much money anymore. <laughs> right, right, exactly. <laughs> well, well, but uh, I think, boy, oh boy, this is uh, this list of teams is so unappealing for this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, uh, I, I really, I mean, could, to bring, to me, the Lions would be the most boring team on this list. I, mean, I don't know if you could find a, a team that's more boring in general than the Lions anyway. So let's get rid of them. And like Brian's saying, I think the Raiders are by far the most entertaining team on this list with, with Antonio Brown coming in. And Gruden is a great soundbite, right, all the time, whether you like uh-huh. him or not as a coach. He's going to be great on that show. There's no doubt about it. So uh, I think this is a kind of an easy one. I don't think you have to wait on this. Maybe get some better teams on this list by next year anyway. Uh, so let's say, let's take the Raiders here. I think that's that would be the smart move mm. right now. All right. You know, I'm going to disagree a little bit. I'll give my pick now. I, I kind of think I like the Lions. My biggest thing is they, they, there's so much focus on the coach, and that's just how it is with these things. And I think Matt Patricia yeah. is the biggest misfit coach in the bunch here, and I, I would like to see that it. I'd like to see that exposed. I think that would be a lot of fun. I think you could root for uh, Danny Amendola for the first time in a long time. Uh, he's not, you know, not, not as a Patriot or a Dolphin. Um, and C.J. Anderson's on that team. That could be fun to see if he ballooned up to 390 pounds by uh, August. So I think actually the Lions would be a nice uh, wild card fit there. Harry, you like the Giants, but this would be a shame if they took the Giants after Beckham left, right? This would be stupid. Well, maybe, but look, it's Eli's for for, uh, for all intents and purposes, his swan song. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how he really gets along with Shermer. It'll be interesting to see if Shermer has any sort of uh, sense of humor. Uh, I'm curious, you know, how's Barkley going to uh, figure this in, figure into this too? Uh, the, uh, the drama will be intensified between Eli and rookie Daniel Jones, as only HBO knows how to do. But uh, it'll be interesting, too, to see. You know, Golden Tate's always uh, one for words, so we'll see how he takes it and how he goes. Um, you know, and on the defense, Janoris Jenkins and uh, Alec Ogletree, see how they get along with Jabril Peppers and see how uh, he's treating his new team, like you said, with that trade. So uh, we'll see. You know, I'd like to see, you know, like I said, Eli, two, two Super Bowls, uh, an MVP in a Super Bowl, he deserves a little, uh, you know, a little something here. This is not a little. I, I don't know. I, the, the, is that a little something? You're named in the hard knock. I mean, you're kind of put in the bottom of the barrel. It's, this is like when I have my character the year awards, and everyone's like, "Oh, come on, he he, he deserves." It. It's like, no, this is the biggest misfit. And how am I entertained? You're going to be by Eli Manning, Harry. We we know what he is at this point, right? Well, what's he going to do? He's not well, Baker Mayfield, which was fun last year. All right, but uh, you know, maybe he's a little more uh, down to earth, and, uh, and and because it's going to be possibly his last season, it'll be like I said. I'd like to see it. He deserves he deserves a little line right there. I think. All right. I don't understand. This is something like uh, I don't think they'll be celebrating if they're now. Like, Brother oh, Brian, am I wrong with this? Is Eli Manning and be like, oh, finally, I get I get my just desserts. <laughs> they name the Giants. No, I agree. No, I agree. But uh, Harry's right, though. We want to see some more uh, Alec Ogletree. That sounds great. <laughs> right, that'll be big. Tate, what, you have anyone stands out, or you'd be disappointed to see you one of these teams? Him, Brian. You I, kill for him, Brian. I would definitely not want to see Eli Manning, so that's for sure. I'm sorry, Harry. <laughs> uh, I was going to say the 49ers just to see Jimmy Garoppolo, you know, date the porn stars, maybe go down to Simi Valley on the show or something like oh, that. Yeah. So there you go. Maybe a little entertainment there. Uh, HBO. Um, so maybe the 49ers are interesting, but that's about it. I would say Raiders for Brother Bry. But uh, Gruden would probably cut the whole team by they got to the, you know episode three. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, you could, maybe they split it between the two Grudens. I don't know. It could be a disaster either way. All right. Well, that's fun. Hey, let's do our sponsored segment now. Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino, where each week the degenerate trifecta and I set sail tackling pretend propositions related to sports and pop culture events. Uh, tonight, actually right after this, I am going to a live taping of All in the Family and the Jeffersons. ABC is doing this live. This is uh, my cousin Jimmy Kimmel idea. Woody Harrelson is playing Archie Bunker. Marissa Torme is playing Edith. We have uh, Jamie Foxx is playing George Jefferson. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. They run it live. They do actual scripted uh, episodes. They're going to do it live. And then Jimmy's going to interview Norman Lear before and after 
Um, now, I bring this up because these are classic shows. And I thought for a minute Game of Thrones was a classic TV show as well. But not a good ending. It just wasn't. Maybe the whole season wasn't good. Captain Morgan recognizes this. He puts this out there. He wants to know what's the most disappointing TV ending. Was it, in fact, Game of Thrones at 3-2? to two? Was it Sopranos 4-1? to one? Lost 8-1? to one? Uh, RuPaul's Drag Race Season 7? Terrible, terrible. 27-1. to one. Or The Field at 5-2? to two? Let's ask you, Brother Bry. Brother Bry, I think you were the biggest Game of Thrones fan out of, fan out of all of us. Maybe we're all sick of talking Game of Thrones. Let's just give it two more minutes. What do you think? <laughs> well, let me say, too, since Harry was in, uh, this is the first time I've actually got to watch an episode of Game of Thrones with uh, with Darren and with Harry. And this is Harry's oh. first episode, so I'll let him talk about it. But yeah, I, I will say he slept through uh, probably an hour <laughs> and, and five minutes of the hour and ten minutes that it was. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely going with Game of Thrones as the worst. Um, there was probably no, – I mean, I feel like I was the most upset at this. I was – I got so angry about this. It actually, it actually kind of ruined my night uh, to the point where I was like, ah, I don't know if this last episode was so bad. It, it, well, I didn't like the season to begin with, but it, if this episode was so bad, it kind of ruined the whole series. But there were so, mm. so many issues I had with that episode. I mean, besides Bran, uh, th- that whole small council thing, when they chose Bran, I mean, you have Sam on that, on that list choosing him. You have Bran of Tar. How did they get on there? I have no idea. And then Tyrion comes back to me. Well, Tyrion's the one who, who makes the decision. Now he becomes the hand of Bran, too. And then I'm still trying to think, why wasn't Tyrion sent to work on the wall? Like, what, he was just yeah. as much responsible for the... They were about the to kill him. Danny, yeah, he's, right? he's making his final right. statement. And uh, it's like, hey, uh, let's all listen to this guy. I, I, I yeah. was trying... I just couldn't understand it. And then they send John to the wall... Which I would have rather them just killed off John going to the wall. I mean, I to be honest, we talked about this, right? There's what is there like half of the wall is down left because the other half was knocked down by the dragon. Well, I, just, I guess I, I, got, I, I got schooled on this. I guess it was a different wall than the one that took a thousand years to build. But who the hell cared? That that's not the right, point. The point is, what are, but shut what up, Grey Worm. Everyone wants this guy to live. Let's let him live. But, but, right? Yeah, but but at that point, it's not like what are you protecting? There's obviously another way for the White Walk, White Walkers to get right. where they need to get mm-hmm. to. So even if it is a different place, it's that Castle Black's a different place than this other place. It, it doesn't even matter that. I, I don't know. Just everything bothered me. The the last scene, the last sequence, you know, they tried to be kind of a little funny, and they were talking. The last line of the show was about brothels. That's how they ended it. Nobody That's spoke so for the last. Nobody spoke for the last eight minutes uh, yeah. as they focused on as they focused on John, Arya, and uh, Sansa. But yet they didn't focus on Bran at all. He's he's one of the siblings, right? So it's like, right? I, I don't know. Uh, so you're taking RuPaul's so, Drag Race. <laughs> So many issues. I, uh, <laughs> I'm getting mad thinking about it, but uh, so many things. I, uh, I just can't even list them all. So, Harry, you slept through it, but you still have an opinion on this. And this was the first episode you've seen. Well, yeah, I mean, look, before before Darren got over to Brian's house, I was excited. I told Brian, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to be into this, and I want to see what this is about. You know, <laughs> if it's the first time I saw Brian's place. It's set up with the three TVs. We were watching women's softball. We watched the end of the uh, Milwaukee-Toronto game, and then uh, all of a sudden Brian just Brian got food and everything, drinks and beer, and we were having a good time. Mm-hmm. Turns all the lights off, and now we got Game of Thrones. And <laughs> for the first ten minutes, fifteen minutes before I started snoring, uh, I'm, I'm whatever that was going on. He's walking through the rubble. I'm like Brian, sorry, this is horseshit. <laughs> I don't get any of this. Total horseshit. <laughs> then I saw the then then saw the. Uh, the dragon part was pretty cool. Saw when he came in, and then uh, the rest of it I don't remember because I was passed out. Was <laughs> well, well let me just tell you this: this would be a reaction to Eli Manning on Hard Knocks. It'd be just as boring, <laughs> I promise you. Um, I don't know, uh, Parley Kid. You have a different spin on this. Harry thought that was the most disappointing ending, even though that was uh, the, the 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 beginning for him too for Game of Thrones. But what are you picking? Sure. Game of Thrones would make the most sense here in a lot of ways, but I think this whole season uh, was so disappointing to me that I, I kind of was led to believe that this ending would be uh, very disappointing as well. So I was kind of prepared 
up for that, you know. And it was one of those episodes where, for me, uh, you know, it's just like when I used to watch American Idol, a terrible performer would come on. I want to change the channel. I just, I have like, uh, there's something about it. Like, I can't watch. It's just a train wreck. And I literally mm. felt that way about this Game of Thrones episode. It was like a train wreck. It was like, to me, I called it embarrassingly bad. I really did. I know and that sounds harsh, but it was it was really bad television, uh, no matter how you want to put it. But I was kind of prepared for it. So, Sal, going back to one of the, our iconic shows that we used to watch, uh, that uh, I used to actually videotape this show like on VCR, right? Uh, on my VCR, <laughs> and I would bring it in the next day to work, and myself and another guy I worked with, when we had some a little time off, would watch the episode and dissect it, and it's lost, right? So... Lost was, oh man, it, it seems like uh, not too long ago, but I guess time is slipping away and it, it's kind of far removed from us now. But, you know, leading into that last episode, I was so excited to finally get some answers, right, the Lost? And really, at the very end of it all, you're really left with no answers. And wasn't what that was the show was all about. It was really getting yeah. to what was this show all about? And... I'm not sure if I could even tell you now what that show was really ever about. I don't think I no. myself, at least, didn't get answers. So to me, it was that was the worst final episode, just because I loved that show so much, and I thought mm. it was all about finding the answer. What are they doing? What is this all about? And we never got an answer. At least Game of Thrones gave you some answers to to the ending of it. You know where the yeah. loss. I guess you can make of it what you wanted, but I couldn't really make much of it. So. Let's take Lost now. Well, in a way, they were similar. Uh, Polly Kids going Lost 8-1. to one. Uh, that, I said this on Simmons' podcast this week earlier this week. I said, in these shows that we love where there's dozens of main characters and dozens of characters yeah. we're invested in, it's very, very hard to wrap these up, especially if you have six episodes left and two of them are an hour and 20 and the others are less than an hour, right around an hour. But um, that said, yeah, Lost was that was a bad ending. That was you no, know, no one could still answer me why, what the numbers meant, what anything meant. And it's funny, all the I'm out here in Hollywood. We were told the writers know what they're doing all along, and then you're told afterwards, oh, Ben Linus was supposed to be a one and done character, so they didn't know what they were doing all along. He was instrumental to the end, or however the the series progressed. One funny note to this: our friend Brad, our crazy friend Brad, and when we knew that this wasn't gonna wrap up in a satisfactory way. He watched every single episode of Lost except for the finale because he knew he was going to be disappointed. Imagine that. Imagine doing that. Wow. What a basket case he is. Now, I'm going to say this. I'm going going off the board and saying hard knocks with the Browns, the last episode when they cut uh, Devin Kajust. Very, very – no, no, I'm not saying that. Uh, I am saying (laughs) Sopranos 4-1. to because I think they started all this horse shit. I really do. And I remember being like at that oh. end. And now I think everybody's come to terms with the Sopranos ending. They're okay with it. You know, it's spiritual. Yeah, he's looking over his shoulder. That's the point. He was looking over his shoulder every season for the first six seasons. It didn't matter. I understand. He's looking in the rearview mirror. That's how it is. So we don't know if he died or maybe he did die. He didn't die. Well, fading to black just didn't do it for me. I don't like do it yourself TV. Brother Brian, I remember feeling like I may have to start disowning people who love this ending. How could they? Oh, it's the perfect ending. Like, no, it's not. I don't need to see blood splattered all over the place, but that was not the perfect ending. The one thing it did do for me, though, it lowered my expectations for shows like Lost, for shows like Game of Thrones, for the finales, because I knew they weren't going to be that good. And uh, thank you, Sopranos, for that. But I would picked them at four to one as the worst and most disappointing TV ending. Um, what would you say, Tate? I would have to go with loss too. loss was a, a very uh, spiritual thing that I did for an entire summer. I dropped out of summer school in college and watched lost 120 episodes. Uh, wow. And by the time I got to the end, I was very disappointed because all I wanted was the unanswered lost questions to be answered. And like probably kids said, they were never answered. So, uh, you know, <laughs> wow. What you, you, uh, dropped out of school to watch Lost? Yeah, is that, that I, was, right? I was in summer school. It was my freshman year going into my sophomore year, and I was in summer school classes at Carolina, and I dropped out just to watch Lost. Wow. Good for you. Well, then I, I could see that. Yeah, all right. No one picked RuPaul. All right, that's another <laughs> week of Captain Morgan's Make Believe Riverboat Casino. No matter how you look like a captain, Captain Morgan reminds you to please drink responsibly. Captain's orders. Hey, 
If you want to send us an email, do it. Why not? Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. Cousin Sal against all odds at gmail.com. We're still taking, uh, we're taking people who are putting themselves up for the sports gambling degenerate gamblers hall of fame. It's in Pahrump, Nevada. It's being built right now. We're getting it going. We have a few members. We have about a dozen members, I would say or so, but this is a mailbag. This is from Jonathan Bass, not submitting himself for the degenerate gamblers hall of fame, but he writes, Dear Sal, I'm currently serving at the U.S. Embassy in Yaounde, Cameroon. Sorry if I'm saying that wrong. And I'm a huge fan of your podcast. I really want my wife to get into gambling, and I convinced her to go to Las Vegas for our vacation at the end of the month, capitalizing on the success of her hometown, Milwaukee Bucks. I thought taking her to a nice sports book to watch an NBA Finals game and play some bets could seal the deal. Where's a good place to enjoy a game and avoid people like Harry? Oh, that's going to be tough. <laughs> Side note, when my wife looked over my shoulder while writing this email, she told me to tell you that she met Aaron Rodgers and Danica Patrick in Zambia last year. No other context was given. All right, that's enough context, I think. Thanks again for your podcast. It really means a lot to us living overseas. Now, thanks to you, Jonathan, for uh, serving. I appreciate it. We appreciate the uh, question. I like a few sports books. I like the one in Aria. Um, I like the one in uh, Palazzo. What? Oh, that. What is it? The Legacy Stadium. That's pretty good, right? In the Palazzo, that sports book. That Legacy Stadium. You, it's a restaurant. You could, you could play. They have devices where you could live bet these games. It's fun. The only problem with that is, I think it's closed like Tuesday and Wednesday. It's very weird. They don't take. You could watch. To watch games in the in the sports book, but they don't have a ticket taker. It's very it's strange how they work that out. Uh, I like the Westgate, uh, kind of a dump of a place, but their sports book is great, and I think Caesars is pretty classy. I don't know if anyone paid us any amount of money, we would we would um, we would promote their sports book. But you know, it's, I would say Circus Circus is the best. They gave us seventy five dollars, <laughs> but uh, no, that's I'd say Aria Palazzo. I'd say uh, what am I missing, Harry? You were at fifty one of these, right? In, in a matter of a day. Well, I'm still trying to figure out what he means by avoiding people like Harry. You know what he means. That That's not that hard to figure winners, out. Winners, Harry. He wants to be the only winner in the room. Well, you know what? Actually, Bally's isn't bad either because it's not even it, – it's hooked, it, it's hooked all the way at the end of the casino. It's away from the, the actual table games and stuff, and it has its own, like, stadium seating, like which is very cool too. So that's one that's uh, pretty cool as well. All right. There you go. Well, thanks for the letter. I appreciate it. Uh, let's sign off Great. here. Brother Bry, what do you have going? You are going. What are you, I, I, I don't know if this is a joke text or what, but what do you have going this weekend? <laughs> well, I'm always looking to go to some sports, so I'll go to anything. I was actually going to go to the lacrosse championships. I'm, I don't think I'm going there this weekend, but on Saturday, I'm taking my daughters to go see uh, the Women's World Cup. They have like their final like send-off before the World Cup. Uh, exhibition game in Jersey against Mexico. So I thought my my younger one's pretty good soccer player. So I thought it was a good idea to to bring her to this. Um, I'll probably be bored out of my mind, but uh, I, I think they'll enjoy it. Uh, one thing I will say, I didn't get a chance. To, I totally forgot to say this uh, when we were talking about Harry Harry falling asleep during Game of Thrones. He actually, I I asked him how he slept that night. He said, "Oh, I slept good." And then he said, "But I watched." Uh, once you went upstairs, I watched two episodes of King of Queens. So I thought that was. Thought that was <laughs> is that is that was that not a good show? And then uh, one, did, it one other... did it have a terrible ending? <laughs> My God, <Harry. laughs> unbelievable! Uh, one, other thing, one other thing I thought was funny with Harry this weekend is he rode the uh, train with me into the city on Monday morning, and he asked me on the train. He said. Right, he's like, I have to take a dump. How how bad of it? How bad is the bathroom in, in Penn Station? I said, Harry, it's fucking terrible. Do not do it. Oh my god! What does he do? No. He, he sends he sends me a text a few hours later saying, um, I went to the bathroom in Penn Station. He said it's not as bad as some other place he was quoting, but uh, I don't know how. The golf he did tournament. It. The golf <laughs> tournament stalls were horrendous. Oh and my you god! Have load, you have to unload. <laughs> Harry's the worst. You're the worst. Well, he's getting married, Brian, so it doesn't matter. He's fine. He's oh, fine yeah. with all this oh, that's stuff. That's true. Yeah, that's going to happen soon. Brian's at the brother Bry. All right, Harry, uh, I'm going to see you this week, right? I'm heading out to Arizona for a graduation. We'll be eating at Pizzeria Bianco, I think, uh, Thursday night, if anyone wants to come by, say hi, right? And you, you're also going to a, yeah. a crazy sporting event. What are you doing? Um, I, <laughs> uh, I am going on the 31st. Uh, 
girlfriend Angie wants to go. I got tickets, so I'm, I tout the WNBA so much, so I figured maybe I should go. So Las Vegas is playing Phoenix here, so I'm uh, going to go see my girl Diana Trossi, and uh, I'm going to go to that on the 31st. Um, yeah, see you tomorrow, I believe. I'll see you Thursday and hopefully a little yeah. more on the weekend. And also, when we were in line, like uh, leaving Disneyland with the ropes and trying to get to our uh, trying to get to uh, our bus to get back uh, to the Uber lot where uh, Darren and Brian's father was uh, nice enough to uh, pick us up, and uh, we we met a, a couple a group of guys, and one guy's name happened to be Ken, not my boss Ken, but this guy Ken. So shout out to mm-hmm. you, Ken, for noticing us and being cool and uh, asking well, us questions and being cool. That was good. There you go. Ken, why don't you take uh, Ken, that Ken to your de- WNBA game next week? That would be a nice thing. Sure. You owe it. You owe it, to the, you owe it to the WNBA like the league owes uh, Eli Manning to sully his name by putting him on a hard oh, knock. Uh, I think that would be fun. Uh, you're at AAO, Harry. Uh, Parley Kid, what's going on? Oh, so I'm at the Chalk Talker. And, uh, yeah, like high school sports are coming to an end this year. Uh, Jungling. Uh, lacrosse team lost last week uh, by two goals. Uh, uh, played a great game though in the uh, in the playoffs. So this season's over, but great season uh, nonetheless. Uh, and uh, yeah, now it was uh, great seeing Harry. His boss Ken was absolutely charming this uh, nice uh, this this weekend. He really was fantastic. Harry, that means he paid for dinner, very right? Lucky man. He did everything, <laughs> Sal. He was fantastic. He was he was great. Good. He was great. It's been All very right. good. And, good. Uh, that's it. And so we, we, Harry and I met a guy at the race palace. And I, I can't really describe. Well, it will take too long to really give you the full story. But the guy had a chance to win $47,000 on uh, the exacto or what was it, Harry? Whatever. No, it was he had the trifecta in which uh, I did on the show last week give out the winner, War of Will. He had the winning trifecta. But by accident, he the, the ticket writer gave him the wrong ticket. So he, which would have been two hundred and forty dollar ticket instead of the sixty dollar ticket that he wanted. So instead of keeping the ticket, he voided it, and the ticket that she uh, wrote was a winner at ten times a dollar trifecta, and the trifecta paid almost forty seven hundred. Yeah, so man. the ticket would have been forty seven thousand. And, and, and he's, and he's telling say, me in the part like yet about it. May I say mm-hmm. too, Sal? Harry's adding it up to the forty seven thousand dollars on his calculator on his phone. He's hysterical laughing at the man. As he's oh, that's telling nice, him, Harry. Like, you, you could have won $47,000 just laughing at the <laughs> poor guy's face. It was, it was unbelievable. He's unbelievable. <laughs> well, that guy will get uh, working in the, the sports laugh. book, that's for sure. He'll get the last laugh when Harry gets dysentery for shitting in Penn Station. We'll, we'll figure that out. Uh, Polly Kids at the Chalk Talker. Tate, where can we see you? You going to a, like a middle school girls water polo tournament or something? Yeah, something like that. I had to call Ken to, to see where it is this weekend. Uh, <laughs> I will say I'm at Tate Frazier, and uh, I got one shining podcast uh, once a week and against all odds, of course, once a week. So that's it. That's all it is. Beautiful. We'll be back next week to preview the NBA Finals. I believe it starts next Thursday, right? So we'll have some uh, good props, good bets, good sides for you there. I'm at the Cousin Sal, and that'll do it for another episode of Against the Odds with Cousin Sal. Watch Locking In this week, Monday through, actually Monday through Wednesday. Then we're off Thursday. And when we're back Friday, it's a crazy schedule, 430 to 530 Eastern on FS1. Jimmy Kimmel Live, 1135 tonight and every weeknight on ABC. That's that for the Degenerate Trifecta Master Tate Frazier. I'm Sal saying so long and happy handicapping. Now-